Welcome on in. A little past 7.30 on this Monday, August 16th. Something significant happened 67 years ago today. We'll get to that a little bit later. But joining us now is our man, the man who is got it all on the Smart Rain guest line. There you go. I don't see anything else to read here. If that's it, I'm good to go. Joining us now from the Deseret News, Jay Drew. Jay, give us the lowdown on the starting quarterback for BYU. And if you tell us it's Jaron Hall, I'm going to think you're going to be a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice setup, PK. Uh, yeah, that's what all indications, everything's pointing to. Um, obviously, they're trying to, you know, keep it keep it mum or, or uh, keep it under the vest, whatever the cliche is. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, right now all signs are pointing to him as the starter. How big of a gap do you think it is between him and what I think is Baylor Romney with the idea that Conover – they can't afford to put him in right now, uh, given the schedule that they got, because he hasn't played football in a good while. I don't know what class he's in. I guess he's still a freshman, but he literally has no playing experience. I don't think he got in any games last year. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, I mean, he hasn't anything meaningful, whereas Romney has. So how far do you think the gap is between those two? I think it's very, very um, minuscule. I think if it was a bigger gap, you'd uh, – uh, you, we'd probably uh, they'd probably say, "Hey, this is how it is. You know, it's it's over." I don't think Aaron Roderick is really into playing games, maybe as much as as uh, you know coaches he's worked under in the past. I I think when he knows who his guy is, I think he's going to go ahead and share it. So, um, so having said that, I, I think it's I think it's still really close. I mean, Aaron came on uh, on the Zoom call with us after the scrimmage Saturday, and and he said. You know, it's uh, there's not a lot of separation between these guys, um, but uh, but I think he also knows the value of of getting a guy, naming a guy, having all the teammates kind of get it into their heads that this is the guy, and kind of roll from there. And so I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if we find out this week. To be totally honest with you. Yeah, the J. Drew of Desert News joining us this morning. I think you're exactly right on that regard as far as what Aaron Roderick is much more of a straight shooter and doesn't really like to play games. He, if he wants to extend it, because that means there's a reason that he wants to extend it, and it's not, well, we're going to trick the media and worry about uh, so the Arizona coach, Fish, doesn't know who the starting quarterback is. Arizona's got plenty of issues that they need to worry about rather than worry about who's the starting quarterback at BYU. Uh, obviously, and Aaron Roderick isn't going to play those games. And I'm not sure Kalani's going to do that either because if I can remember back, and you would obviously know this, when it was Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum, they made an announcement. They didn't uh, wait until we trotted out the first game at that point. They did make that announcement and say who it was. Interestingly enough, I think that was the Arizona game that was the first game too, wasn't it? If I remember, maybe my, maybe my timing is off a little bit. But they played. Yeah, I yeah I think so. And then I specifically remember uh, um, driving to a prep game where they announced Tanner Mangum over uh, Zach Wilson, uh, and then obviously Zach took over midseason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they generally will announce uh, a week to two weeks before before uh, you know the first kickoff. So that's what I expect them to do this year. But. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll go and have us sitting in Las Vegas, you know, watching to see who runs out to take the first snap. I think it'll be announced 
you know, before then. And I think that you're right in that it is a fairly close competition, and I feel that I feel like they think that they have confidence in Romney. So he's been around the program. Seems like he's been around the program for several years. And with that in mind, since it is a somewhat of a close competition and the fact that Jaron Hall has injury issues, my guess here, I don't have any particular insight, but my guess is Romney stays put because there's opportunities to transfer and all that stuff. And so, but I would think he would stay put knowing that probably a decent chance at some point he gets out on the field this season. Yeah, I had a nice conversation over the winter with with Baylor Romney. He he basically told me, "Hey, I'm here to stay. I'm I'm. Uh, he said, you don't need to write that that I might transfer if I don't get the job." His his wife's in uh, physician's assistant school down here in Provo, um, and uh, she's obviously a former BYU athlete. Um, this is his fourth year, so I'm you know he's uh, he's close to graduating, so. I would be stunned if Baylor Romney, if he gets the job or even if he doesn't, even if he's third string, uh, if he transferred. So he's here to stay. I can't say that about the other two. I haven't had that conversation with them. But, uh, but, but I, I, think, I think Baylor Romney is kind of the security blanket, and I think coaches know that. He's, he's a safe guy. He's, he takes care of the football. He's pretty poised in the pocket. He's not flashy. He doesn't have the ceiling, the upside that – Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover has, you, you know, you, you kind of know what you're getting with him, but, but he's kind of that, uh, that safe guy that, you know, you always have kind of in your back pocket if you need him. All right, Jay, Jay Drew, day news joining us. This doesn't really make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway, and it won't be the first and certainly won't be the last time I say something on the radio that doesn't make sense. But as I look at BYU's offense, can I argue that they're better than they were last year, knowing that the quarterback is the most significant player out on the field, let alone the offense? So you take Zach Wilson out of the equation, which is impossible to do, but follow along my line of thinking. I'm trying to gauge the quality of the offense around the quarterback. Can I argue, aside from the quarterback, make an argument that the offense is better than last year, even though it's ridiculous to make that argument? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really – I don't really agree with that. I just think, I mean, Dax Milne was a thousand yard receiver. He's gone. Um, Brady Christensen was that uh, blindside, you know, protector. He's gone. Four or five other offensive linemen are gone. Um, they did add the Nakua brothers, which is a huge upgrade, but there's kind of questions regarding uh, if they'll be totally healthy from day one. Um, the Puka and Samson Nakua. So I, I don't see it. I just think uh, Zach Wilson was that good. I, I think it's a, it's a pretty big drop-off. Uh, and you, and uh, you take Zach out of the equation. And I know they're really deep at receiver. I know they got two really good running backs and some really good tight ends that are all back. But, uh, but I, I, I just think that that drop-off is, is more significant than maybe some people want to believe. All right, how about that offensive line? Because on the surface, I was thinking that the running game would be better, but that you have some doubts? Uh, you know, I, they've got some solid guys. They don't have a lot of depth at offensive line. Obviously, they got James MP back up at center. But, but uh, I mean, if these guys can fill in, um, they should be okay. you got guys like uh, Connor Pay, who's really young, a freshman, um, Freeland, uh, the tackles are Harris Lachance and Blake Freeland. 
And, you know, I don't think they're as good as Brady Christensen was. Um, so, you know, they'll probably improve over the off season. I, I know the, the new offensive line coach, Daryl Funk, came in and he's uh, been pretty happy with what he's found. He's expressed that to the media several times. But, but uh, I'm uh, I'm just a little skeptical of the offensive line. I just I just think there was a little bit too much turnover for them to to kind of hit the ground running or pick up where they left off last year. Okay. All right. Well, you know more than I do, I think, about it. So I will take that opinion and run with it, which is so, you know somewhat kind of ironic since we're talking about the running game. Uh, I do think if the quarterback can be – he's not going to be Zach Wilson. I, I get that. But I do think the, the, uh, the passing game – and I realize they don't have Mill in. He was a draft choice, so it's a high standard. But I think – I'm waiting for Romney's brother to really break out and be a 1,000-yarder. And, and two – they've got at least two really, really good tight ends that could create some serious mismatches. So maybe not on paper, but the potential anyway, I think, is there to be at least have a decent offense to where you know, they can put up 28 points a game off the top of my head. Yeah, I, oh, for sure. The, the, the potential is there, um, for sure. I, you know, I also, you know, I'm a big believer in Aaron Roderick. I think he'll, I think it's pretty obvious that he was more heavily involved last year in the play calling than, than most people thought um, with Jeff Grimes, obviously moving on to Baylor. But, but uh, I, I do, I think uh, the, everything is there. All the pieces are in place, but uh, to be really good, but the, the schedule is obviously, you know, 10 times harder. Um, it's just so much more difficult this year than last. And uh, you put that factor in with a, with a quarterback who's, you know, say it's Jaron Hall, who has some experience, but is also a little bit injury prone. Um, so I'm just saying things could go wrong quickly if uh, yeah. if, if they can't ha- be stout against some of these teams that they open the season with. Jay Drew of the D News joining us. One of the things I think you've done exceptionally well, pretty much as well as anybody or better than anybody, is dig around and find some information whatever way that you can get that information. And we've got the season upon us here shortly, but the bigger issue is where do they stand in relation to potential movement as far as conferences go, because obviously Texas and Oklahoma taking off here four years at the latest, probably sooner, and there's going to be some other stuff that's going to happen, I think, that we'd all agree there's some level of domino effect. Where do you think BYU stands with regard to that domino effect right now? Well, from everything I hear, BYU is being really cautious. They they don't want to jump into something and then have, you know, a year later, everything change. Uh, the, the situation is so fluid. I Some of my people say don't count out the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Um, if BYU were to, were to maybe go to a conference, that might be a better choice than the Big 12 as presently constituted, because I think BYU has some worry that these the the better Big 12 teams will be picked off by either the ACC, the Pac-12, or the Big 10, and leaving the Big 12 with with nothing more than you know the Midwest version of the Mountain West. So uh, I think that's kind of where they sit. So the only thing I would say was just don't don't rule out the American conference they they've been far more friendly to BYU than 
uh, at the top than than the uh, than the Big Twelve as far as uh, presidents of those schools and and leadership of those conferences. So that's kind of the only yeah. maybe insider tip I could give you. Okay, how about this? And it's probably just speculation and talk, but the AAC not just adding BYU, but picking off some of the remaining Big 12 slash Big 8? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's I, From everything I hear, that's kind of where the battle is, is which which conference is going to, you know, uh, pick off the Big 12 teams first. You know, if the AAC does, they might, their stature grows, they might get a better TV contract. The problem with with them though is they have something like some like 12 year contract yeah. uh, when all these other grand of rights uh, contracts are up uh, like in 2024, 2025, the AACs goes to like 2032 or something mm. like that. So, so that's another factor you have to consider. The built bar thing last week, I thought that, you know, whether they, you know, would they give the money to the kids? That's great. But I thought the bigger issue was genius in terms of getting, well, for built bar, getting their name out there big time, but also for BYU because it got a lot of run nationally. And the name BYU, which is already a somewhat of a household name in college sports, particularly with football, it just it sent a message that, hey, we're going to play big time. And so we're, this is another little piece of evidence that, we are big time football. So from that perspective, I thought it was just incredible. It was a, the timing was great, and the execution of it all in terms of getting the most bang for your buck out there couldn't have been better. Yeah, I agree. It was a, it was it was a brilliant move. Um, it's kind of uh, the the latest in a lot of really good moves BYU has made. Uh, they a lot of times. You could accuse BYU in the past of maybe being being too passive and kind of letting everything else to kind of dictate, and then they follow along. But they've been really proactive, really out front of this whole uh, NIL movement, uh, player experience, um, all these different things, uh, getting the players more involved in what they want as far as their uniforms to, to look like, and I'm just on down the line. So yeah, I would agree with you. They've got. Uh, uh, they've had a kind of a attitude change, attitude adjustment, or some switch where they're they're all in. It's uh, you're you're dead right on that. They're and this is just the latest to show the country, you know, whoever's paying attention that that uh, that you know they're not just going to sit back and be content with maybe you know group of five status or kind of uh, second tier status. That they're gonna they're gonna try to play with the big boys as much as they can. All right, well, so that's the insight from Jay Drew of the Desert News. Now, you're at a golf event. Uh, what's in, in preparation for the Utah Open? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, kind of a media day pro-am. There's like four pro- pro-ams all week before the tournament starts uh, Friday here at Riverside Country Club in Provo. So so Monday morning before the tournament, they usually let five or six media guys play with the with the pros and with the high rollers who – put up some big bucks to play in it. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you were going to be teeing it up with Tony Romo? No, I wish. <laughs> no, I got some guy named Dick Harmon, Mike Sorensen, a <laughs> bunch of other stiffs. <laughs> because I heard Romo's going to participate in this, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's in it. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I think he played in it. I think somebody said the jazz owner, Ryan Smith, is also going to play in the Utah Open. 
this weekend. So that'll be a lot of fun too. And maybe down the road he can get Dwayne Wade to play. Oh, there you go. Yeah, good thinking <laughs> on that. All right, we'll have fun today, and thanks for joining us. Okay, guys. Thanks. Right. Have a great morning. That's Jay Drew of the Deseret News covering BYU, giving his insight as far as what's going on in Cougarville as they get ready for the big-time schedule that they've got.